if something is reported to us as potentially misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the five or seven days when it was basically being determined whether it was false, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. There you go. That was uh, Mark Zuckerberg who sat down uh, for an interview that's making an awful lot of headlines because, uh, of course, he sat down with Joe Rogan. And I thought it was a really revealing interview um, because not only did you reveal that there's a, you can do one simple hack of Meta's smart glasses, which would allow you then to secretly film others, which <laughs> like what could go wrong with that? But he also admitted that his company has suppressed stories. And, of course, the conversation centered around the issue of Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden story, which Zuckerberg admitted was suppressed and that Facebook's fact checkers couldn't find it was false. He, he divulged that the FBI basically told him to not run the story and he complied. And he admits it was a mistake not to run the story before the 2020 election. So that is a pretty big admission for one of the most, you know, influential so so social media platforms on the planet. Like Twitter also suppresses information. But now we've got a guy admitting it. But I mean, you think about like how much influence these platforms have in our everyday life and certainly about politics and the division of toying and manipulating algorithms and all the rest of it that these things are causing and the mistrust and the anger we got a problem. And I get it. They are private companies. They can do what they want, but at least be honest about it so that people know, hey, I know this is going on. Let me bring in Dr. Brett Carraway to the conversation. He's a professor of media economics over at the U of T and program director for the Digital Enterprise Management Program. So good to have you, doctor. Hey, it's great to be here. What do you make of um, all the revelations? He actually went much further than, than I thought he would. But, you know, I mean, Joe Rogan pressed him on this and he said, yeah, we suppress information. And I think when, when the public hear that, it just makes people more mistrusting. Yeah, Facebook's in a tough position. Uh, on the one hand, um, I, I'm somewhat sympathetic. And then on the other hand, I'm I'm. I can't say shocked anymore at this point, but yeah, yeah. troubled. Um, this one's a little bit uh, more troubling than than what I've read about in the past, just because this was, um, I believe, a New York Post story. So this wasn't mm -hmm. off of some fringe conspiracy um, website. I, I'm not sure exactly what the FBI asked uh, Meta to do. He doesn't really say. He, he he hedges a little bit and says he doesn't even remember whether or not the FBI asked him to suppress this particular story, um, which I kind of uh, don't believe him. <laughs> I, guess the, mm -hmm. I would think that he actually does know what the FBI had requested. Uh, and then, of course, the, the, the bigger question for me is what does it mean uh, to suppress the story? It's not exactly that Facebook censored the story. It's just that they didn't surface the story to the same degree uh, in people's news feeds. But we're sort of uh, blind to that process, of course, because that's a proprietary algorithm. Yeah, look, I, I don't talk about Hunter Biden. Uh, I think he's a revolting, gross, you know, like whatever. Uh, put the name on him, whatever. But mm -hmm. if it's a, a, 
a real story um, and, and would have had impact on an election, then it should be made clear that, you know, it's running. And to your point about New York Post, I mean, they ran a series of these articles and it was kind of just all brushed under the carpet. So it never got mainstream uh, coverage. But when you've got a legitimate story um, that can sway or have an impact on world events, uh, then there has to be more transparency. Like, I know we have all these conversations, Doctor, about regulating the Internet and making sure that what, we, what we're seeing is not misinformation or hate. At the same time, I think just honesty and having more clear, uh, transparency with these companies saying, look, we don't run everything. It's up to you to find your stuff. You know, I, I, I think they need to kind of hammer that down so that people understand they're not being manipulated because really it should be put on someone to find that information. But too much of us just eat up what we're told. Yeah, well, part of the problem for a company like Facebook, particularly in the U.S. context, is they want to be an online service provider, or at least they have so far. Uh, Zuckerberg will get up and talk about how he's um, just principally, as a, as a principle, committed to freedom of expression. He doesn't want to be the arbiter of truth. He'll say things like that periodically. And maybe he has those personal commitments, but the the economic incentive for Facebook is to not get too caught up in, in sort of the editorial function. So I think Facebook feels very um, uh, uneasy about trying to figure out which stories to surface, which ones to labor, label as altered or false mm -hmm. or partly false, because the more they do that, the more they invite regulatory scrutiny. They have protections, particularly in the United States, against being caught up in a copyright infringement case or a defamation case, they have so-called safe harbor, as long mm -hmm. as they are just running the pipes. But the moment they get caught up in doing anything with the actual content that runs through those pipes, then they start to look more like an editor, like a, a news um, organization. And in the United States, that means that they can be regulated as such. Yeah. So I think Facebook's tried to avoid doing this for as long as it could, but then there was a, a violent attack that happened on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, and and everybody kind of lost their mind and said, what's happening here on Facebook does have real-world consequences, sure. so you, yeah. you need to do something. But as you've pointed out, what they're doing is not being done in a transparent way. We don't know. I mean, I don't even know what the algorithm is called anymore. It used to be edge rank. Now it's it's a, a artificial intelligence um, yeah. that's doing this. And I'm sure the variables that it uses are thousands, tens of thousands. I, I doubt even Mark Zuckerberg can explain exactly how that algorithm works in a coherent way. Yeah, I mean, look, we've got the Trudeau government right now with Bill C-11 trying to censor hate on the web, but of course it will all be what they deem hate, and this bill's still kind of being fought in the Senate right now. But, you know, when you see a company like Facebook doing this, and now you've got the admission from Zuckerberg that they are doing this, you know, we've seen the divisions, we've seen the anger, we see the mistrust that this is creating. And I and it's not just an, Amer it's not just an American problem, we've got this here in Canada. You're seeing people are so frustrated that they're turning away from what they used to trust and going into these black holes in the side. So they only listen to each other. Um, we've got to get a hold of this. And I'm not about regulations, but I mean, I think uh, like I, it's such a beast to to get your head around as to how you would do this without censorship. But again, um, I don't think we can actually make any changes at this point. Correct me where I'm wrong, Dr. Carraway. Uh, you know, anybody who tries to change this is just going to further ingrain the division and the anger. 
Yeah, so it's a it's a real mess. <laughs> in yeah. in the U.S., the Pew Research has estimated that, and I think they found that like one third of Americans are getting political news from Facebook. Fifty percent are getting it from social media. I've seen similar yeah. numbers for the Canadian context. So their their importance is obvious, but um, the regulatory framework under which they operate is is open right now. And I've even seen PSAs on television where Facebook or Meta is actually asking for regulation. They're asking for guidance on on what what to do. But it's such a politically charged issue now, and there's so much polarization going on. I don't know how any regulation could happen um, that wouldn't uh, sort of further inflame the the passions mm-hmm. around whether or not you know there's a conservative bias or a liberal bias in social media um further um call into question uh, sort of public faith in institutions and public authority it's yeah it's just it's a mess and <laughs> i don't i don't have yeah. a solution well that's unfortunate <laughs> i thought you'd solve this <laughs> in 5 minutes but nonetheless social media is going to de- be the demise of civilization at this point but uh, i i do think it's an interesting so we'll, interesting aspect so we'll we'll follow along thanks so much yeah my pleasure that's dr brett caraway over at the uft who uh, is all things on digital enterprise management uh, issues. Look, it is not easy uh, to solve. I think I, I think at least it would help if the social media companies just said, look, we don't play every story. We don't print every story. So take that for what you're worth. But it, again, we've not had any transparency. And sadly, I think the toothpaste is out of this tube. Shame on all of them. Uh, Linda and Mike. Your doggies are going to have a great sleep tonight, so congratulations. You are the winner of our final two Sleep Country dog beds. Linda's dog, Patrick. Pat, who I love it when people name their dog dogs like a, a human name. I think it's so funny, but yeah. Your doggies will be sleeping well tonight. Thanks for everyone uh, playing this, comp- uh, this contest. It was really, really popular, and thanks over to Sleep Country for helping us celebrate our National Dog Day. I'm giving the uh, pups a little bit of love and care. I'm Alex Pearson. Stay with us here on a very fast-paced Friday here on 640 Toronto.